0: Hi, I'm Delene Allen, the networking queen. I love to connect people. There is nothing more wonderful than the human connection, the connection that can lead to incredible things, to love, to business, to make our lives just so much richer, meeting and connecting on a deeper level than, hi, here's my business card but making those human connections that can take you to magical places. Stay tuned for Network Equals Net Worth. I want to hear your stories. I want to share your stories. So good day. It's Delene Allen. We're here with my podcast, Network Equals Net Worth. And I am thrilled to introduce you to Kimberly Burke whose designation of C-I-R-P-L-I-T, Kim is going to explain that in a minute. She is Vice President with BDO Canada Limited. She has worked in the insolvency industry for over 20 years, helping individuals and professionals overcome their financial difficulties to get a fresh financial start. She is committed to providing creative, and practical debt solutions including financial counseling proposals to creditor and bankruptcy she provides service in the halifax and various locations throughout nova scotia she is a board member with the nova scotia association of insolvency and restructuring professionals and a member of business network international she has a keen interest in photography and travel Let me tell you, I'm thrilled to be here chatting with Kim Burke. So Kim, why don't you tell us a little bit of how you ended up in Nova Scotia based on a few other detours along the way? Uh,
1: Well, the reason I came to Nova Scotia doesn't exist anymore, but um, my folks are actually from here. And my grandparents lived here. So as a child, I always came down for three weeks in August every summer to visit with both sets of them. Um, So it wasn't a sort of foreign place for me. And so once I moved down here, I kind
0: of settled in and I just haven't ever left. Excellent. So many, so many times we hear this. So um, tell us about your grandfather with the candy store. That must have been every child's dream.
1: Well, yeah, what what, uh, child doesn't like getting candy? Now, unfortunately, I don't have a lot of memories of him because he passed away when I was four years old, but he did run a canteen uh, on their property in Hammond's Plains. Um, And at that time, um, Hammond's Plains was a real small community. And so everybody basically knew each other in the community. Um, Today, it's a little bit different. It's a much bigger community.
0: But being a granddaughter, um, having the ability to go in and have a few treats, I'm sure must have been kind of fun. Oh, it was great. (laughs) Every child's dream. Now, you grew up with a banking background. Tell us about your folks.
1: So my folks um, both worked. Uh, for a bank, the same bank. And actually, my aunt and uncle were also bankers. So it was kind of the family business. Um, so with my dad's various roles at the bank, we actually moved around quite a bit. Um, and I'm an only child as well. So uh, that was somewhat difficult, simply because I didn't have a built in playmate uh, anywhere I went. And um, But um, having bankers as parents sort of teaches you a little bit about money um, because you know they don't just hand out the money um in those days i did chores if i wanted to earn money uh, for things that i wanted i wasn't uh, you know if i wanted um a toy or something i i didn't always get that um if i asked for it um sometimes too uh they paid attention to prices at different stores. So if there was a store that was more expensive, I wasn't allowed to buy from that store. Um, And they started a bank account for me when I was young. um, And I was taught to save money as well.
0: Excellent. So lessons that at that point as a child, you really don't want to learn, but it served you well, hasn't it, Kim?
1: It has definitely. Um, I still try to save money. Um, I'm still budget every single month. Uh, so I know where my money's going.
0: Excellent. They did teach you some good values, got the allowance, but tell us about some of the chores that, that you got. to do.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. So I was, was dusting, which isn't today one of my favorite things and emptying the dishwasher and generally cleaning, um, tasks I, I still don't really enjoy. Um, and then for extra work, uh, my parents had apple trees that produced quite a lot of uh, apples that weren't really edible, but they used to fall all over the place. Um, and so to earn extra money, I would go out and pick them up uh, to get them off the lawn. It was quite lucrative in the summertime. <laughs>
0: Again, learning the value of some hard work—excellent—and really, I think one of one of your keys too is lifelong learning, not only for the industry that you're in today, but tell us about your love of books.
1: Yeah, I've always had a love of reading, and that possibly comes from being an only child and needing to entertain myself at times. Um, but um, even today, it's one of my main. Uh, hobbies Um, it's something I can do like you can read a book and you can escape you can travel the world through books and live vicariously through others with the characters so some months especially in the winter I can read quite a few books per month yeah yeah. it's uh, something I really enjoy
0: uh, and readers are leaders. You'll hear that all the time. And then at one point you picked up a camera. Yeah, so at some
1: point in my childhood, I don't remember when, but I was given one of those um, sort of inexpensive cameras that you would give a child and I always had that around with me and then I I've, I've still have a camera with me today I seldom uh, leave home if I'm going outside uh, after work or something without my camera because you never know when a photo opportunity might present itself
0: Well, and you know, uh, only same thing, looking at beautiful scenery and and number one, it creates the memories. But to me, that really means you need to be cognizant and aware of what's around you to capture those. So to me, that speaks to your attention to detail, Kim, I think, doesn't it? Mm -hmm.
1: It does. And, you know, like with anything, you're, sometimes you don't have the motivation or you're just not seeing the shots. See, You make changes. I'll sometimes change the setting to shoot uh, in black and white. And uh, sometimes that it completely changes the scene and what you see. Um, and you can get some really interesting shots with that. So sometimes you just got to, you know, make changes if something isn't working for you.
0: Exactly. Well, and and many things, because again, as an insolvency trustee, which is what we're going to talk about soon, attention to detail has also got to be so important in that. So to me, those two really show that that is kind of one of your passions, if it will, uh, doing that, capturing that beauty of mother nature. And you've gone from landscape to wildlife. Um, I'm not sure if I'd be brave enough to go looking for what kind of wild, what kind of wildlife, like not bears, I hope, no.
1: No, it's usually around here, it's usually birds uh, that I go looking for. But when I travel, um, depending on the location, again it can be birds or it can be other sorts of animals Um,
0: it just depends on the location excellent and then you went to university of uh, western university in ontario and what did you study so i studied french literature and sociology excellent and tell me about a volunteer job you had in the summer
1: Uh, So when I came down to Halifax, um, one of the first things I did uh, was volunteered with Shakespeare by the Sea. Um, I've always had a love of theatre, and so I thought it would be a good opportunity um, to help out, and then it would give me the chance to see some plays as well and meet some people. And uh, I did meet people uh, through that opportunity.
0: Yeah. So even though, let's say, as an introvert, you found ways to make connections, which is, you know, again, when it's a love of something that you have in common with other people, it's so much easier to have those conversations, isn't it? Correct. Absolutely. Excellent. Welcome back. We've got Kim Burke, insolvency trustee here, who studied French literature uh, at University of Western Ontario, and now she's an insolvency trustee. So Kim, tell us that journey.
1: Yeah, so um, uh, so what I am is a licensed insolvency trustee. It's not something, you know, that Um, you dream about as a child. I I don't even think I knew uh, of such a thing as a trustee in bankruptcy. Um, and i got into the role actually by falling into it um as i mentioned before my father was a banker and he worked in risk management and as a result dealt with many trustees in bankruptcy and um, one of those trustees happened to mention that he was looking for someone for an entry-level position And so I interviewed for the job and I actually got it. And that's where I got my start. Um, So at that time I was, you know, doing document preparation. I took a tax course so that I could complete the tax returns for the uh, bankrupt individuals. And then I progressed from
0: there. But that is a demanding and fairly rigorous program, isn't it? Like it's not for the faint of heart, Kim.
1: No, Um, at the time that I did the program, uh, it was uh, quite lengthy Um, and part of the program has changed since then, but it's still a very difficult program. Um, The uh, CNIE, which is the uh, main exam you have to pass in order to get your exam is over held over two days and it's five hours each day.
0: Wow, wow.
1: And then you um, also have to participate in an oral board so you pass your CNIE in order to get your full license. So it is quite onerous. Um, It's a self-study program. Um, And so you do have to put in the time after work uh, to learn the information.
0: Well, and for many of us, you know, who weren't taught financial literacy at home, allowances and, you know, extra money for making chores and having parents as bankers likely made you more cautious, you know, again, why can't I go buy that toy at that store? They were teaching you really valuable life lessons. And so when I hear somebody say insolvency, trustee or bankruptcy, I know many people shame, blame and And they shouldn't feel that way, should they?
1: No, um, financial difficulty can result from many things. Uh, You could have an unexpected health issue develop. You could have a relationship breakdown where you were managing your bills with two incomes. And now suddenly there's just one income, but you still have the same number of bills. It could be a job loss. Um, So there's many things that contribute to financial difficulty that have nothing to do with how you manage your money uh, or your responsibility or anything like that.
0: And then uh, uh, for people to because to me, the minute somebody graduates university, they need an appointment with you. Because they've likely got more debt than they know what to do with and no plan on how to deal with it. So tell us a little bit about how a consultation might work and is there an expense to that?
1: So we offer a free initial consultation, um, and it's basically an option review. So we would ask an individual a series of questions to get all of the information um, and then um, go through the options accordingly. Um, so really, we're looking at what someone's assets are, what someone's debts are, what someone's family income is in order to help them uh, make a determination and provide them the proper options
0: well and there there when somebody comes to see you there can be debt consolidation bankruptcy but people have i believe more options than they know is that correct
1: That's correct. I mean, when someone comes to see us, not everyone is going to um, do a filing. um, There might be an option that doesn't involve a proposal or bankruptcy. So proposals and bankruptcies are what we um, offer. Uh, But it's possible that someone could get a consolidation loan with the bank. It's possible there might be um, some equity in a home that they could use to pay off their Debt. um so we, we're because we're licensed by the office of the superintendent of bankruptcy and regulated um, we're obligated to provide all of the options to someone and and we're not um you know uh, going to push uh, somebody to do a filing if that's not in their best interest
0: yeah well and do you also work with business owners as well
1: So I primarily uh, work with individuals. Um, There are other trustees in the firm that do the corporate work, but yes, uh, we do work with businesses.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So uh, Kim and I have just recently met. Tell me, Kim, when you hear the word networking to grow your business, what are some of the things that come to mind? Well, I'll be honest,
1: as an introvert, um, going out and networking is is something that's very intimidating to me. Um, And so, you know, putting me in a room of strangers um, makes me sort of uh, want to leave the room. Um, But it is a necessary part of the job. And so what I'm really making an effort to do is get myself out there. So that's one of the reasons I've, why I've joined BNI because it's making me accountable. Um, it's allowing me to go to events and not make excuses uh, mm-hmm. for not going. Sure. Sure.
0: And is it becoming a little more comfortable? It is.
1: I actually was recently at an event and I knew quite a few people that were also attending, and so that made it much easier.
0: And if you only knew as to anybody who's listening here, the word networking, for some people, it's like VOV, verge of vomiting. Okay. Um, For me, I used to be a person that would walk in the room, stand in a corner and pray that somebody would talk to me. Well, you're standing in the corner, odds are nobody's going to talk to you. So um, what are some things that perhaps, you know, if you thought of a different way of approaching somebody is there anything you could provide a tip on how you're getting more comfortable with the process
1: well i think it's that i've um because i know more people if you go to an event and there's someone there that you know it's easier to start by um, talking to them for a few minutes and uh, settling in and then you're more comfortable um talking to other people i find often when you go to events there's people already in a group talking and it's very hard to break in um so some so now i find myself being a little bit um more um i don't want to say forceful but like more likely to try to break into the conversation or if you know somebody and they know somebody else, you might get an introduction from them,
0: exactly. uh,
1: which is also a better way to break into a conversation.
0: Well, and and little tips like body language. So if there's two people odds are there's an opening on either side. So you can walk up, smile, make eye contact with them. And even if they're in the middle of talking, once the talking stops, somebody's bound to say, hey, how are you? If it's three people, as long as there's an opening, four or five, an opening, you can go stand there and same thing, smile, nod, make, you know, if they're talking, I just try to make eye contact with everybody. And most people are going to say, oh, hi, how are you or whatever. But the other thing that I used to do to get over my uncomfort zone of walking in that room, I mean, sometimes I'd walk in the room and press a button on my phone. So it would ring and I'd think, okay, I got to get out of here. You know, I wouldn't even give myself a chance to kind of get in and get comfortable. Standing in the corner, I remember thinking, why am I here? If I'm going to stand in the corner, you know, when the pain of remaining the same is worse than the pain of change, you'll do something. Doesn't mean you're happy with it right away, but you'll do something. So I used to, I, I'm the father of um, a military person. If you're not 15 minutes early, you're late and you're, you were, you were. You know, a child of bankers also likely. If you're not early, you're late. So I used to stand there and watch as somebody came in, and it was somebody I knew. Hi, how you doing? And but I would wait till that person with the deer and the headlights would come in, and I think, oh my God, they're more afraid than me. So I'd go up and go, Hi, how you doing? You look like you're more afraid than me. My name's Deline. What's yours? And I would have my new best friend. <laughs> And I would take them around and introduce them to people because then I, you know, the, it wasn't, I wasn't focused on me. It was like, here, let me introduce you to somebody who looks more afraid than I do. Or Kim, what we can do, because this is another way that works really well to meet new people. You and I go into the event together, okay? Find that buddy. And let's say uh, I'm likely more comfortable in doing this because I really got over, my fear by focusing on what can I do for that person, and so yes, find that buddy who's let's say more comfortable maybe talking than you are. Although Kim, I see such a difference, and to anybody listening, yes, you can get comfortable with the process, and when you do, you'll feel more powerful than ever. Um, but yes, take a buddy with you. You know, I tease people and say, if we, you went to some place on your own. You might again be quiet, but if two people are there, we might dance on a table, (laughs) not likely for you or I, but but watch, we would be a whole lot more comfortable if we have a buddy, so find a buddy. Now, here's the thing I'll also tell you, don't find a buddy in exactly the same business as you, that's competition. So you and an accountant could likely have a blast together because you compliment one another, right, Kim? Yes, absolutely. Got a comment to make to that?
1: Um, I, uh, well, I totally agree. It makes a difference if you're going with someone. The only thing I would say is don't glue yourself to that person and not talk to anybody else.
0: Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely you want to go and meet other people. But same thing, I can be brave enough to kind of walk into that group that's got the opening, wait till there's a, I want to introduce you to Kim. And then you can do it the next time. So I want to introduce you to Deline. Once you do that a few times, most people are there thinking, you're braver than me. <laughs> right. And they're like, yeah. Now, a lot of times when I go to a networking event, someone will come up to me, who are you going to introduce me to? I'm going to go, I don't know. (laughs) But if they ask me to do that for them, well, why not? It makes it a little easier. But anyway, for sure. Any last minute tips to somebody who's the introvert who's not necessarily comfortable with networking? What would you want to share, Kim? I think you have to just
1: jump off the deep end and do it. Um, If you don't, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, So that would be my advice. Just
0: exactly. take
1: the dive off the deep end. Yeah.
0: You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So thanks so much to Kim Burke, Insolvency Trustee. And I'm Delene Allen. This is Network Equals Net Worth. Everybody's got a story and I would love to hear yours. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening. What you like best about today's conversations and the connections that lead to miraculous outcomes. Leave a review. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to share your story too. So why not touch base with the Lean Allen on Instagram and we'll keep the conversations going.